This week on Moms Moving On. What we often think is that the movement we take is meant to get us somewhere. And I think when we start looking at our lives and we realize this more as we get older, that the fluidity and that the ability to kind of just move around the things that happen in our lives and not let it stop us, but just be part of the river that we are in our life. Be like water. Be like water. Yeah, that it's... That, that then you start to enjoy life more because bumping into things isn't inconvenient. It's just part of life. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. We're back with another Moms Moving On. And if you know me, then you know there's nothing I love more than empowering boss babe women. And funny side note, our guest today had me on her podcast about five years ago when I was in a totally different space in my life. And it's so nice to come full circle. If you've ever been on social media, then you've obviously heard of the Boss Mom community. We have Dana Malstaff, who founded the number one business building community for mom entrepreneurs, on with us today. And not only that, she's a divorced co-parent. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm like the whole full circleness of this has me thrown. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I remember being desperate to get your attention when I was just like a little baby entrepreneur starting out. And you said, sure, come on the podcast. I'm like, this one's awesome. The fact that you were like, we were on my show five years ago, Makes me feel really old. <laughs> you know what? It had to be more than five years ago. It was, it's almost six years. Does that help you? I was going to say the podcast or... is somewhere around six years old. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be about six years, but either way, here we are like in totally different spaces in our lives. How funny is that? Well, I was just on a virtual mixer that a colleague of mine brings women with successful businesses together once a month. And I got invited to one. And it was so interesting because all of them were in transition. Like all of them were changing their business, changing their focus. You know, maybe their kids were a certain age and they wanted to homeschool or just all these different things. And my operations director was in town with me and she was listening to the mixture. And she's just like, it is so empowering to hear that even people that have really successful businesses don't have their shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think that's the, um, that's the, the misconception of, of, of a successful or seemingly successful woman is that she's got it all going on. But like, you know, from this angle, I have it all going on. But if I show you the floor next to me and what just happened in my kitchen, like it's all a hot mess. Just we're, we're all dealing with the same devil on different levels. I like to say. Yeah. Well, and I think this idea that we're all moving towards a destination is a funny notion, right? Like you want to be a river, Pocahontas, one of my favorite Disney (laughs) movies, right? You want to be a river. Like you don't want to be a stagnant lake. That's where things get dirty, right? Right, Right. no. You want to be moving, which means fluidity is always important. And what we often think is that the movement we take is meant to get us somewhere. And I think when we start looking at our lives and we realize this more as we get older, that that the fluidity and that the ability to kind of just move around the things that happen in our lives and not let it stop us, 
but but just be part of the river that we are in be our like life. Water. Be like water. Yeah, That's that it's that that then you start to enjoy life more because bumping into things isn't inconvenient. It's just part of life. Well, and I and I agree on that level because I mean, as divorced women, obviously you know when when you have to change course, you have to change course. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't not get divorced because you're getting divorced, right? Like that's that's <laughs> that's the way it works. And for me, I've always been like a, you know, I once saw a quote that said, um, "the op- the pessimist sees the glass is half empty, the optimist sees the glass is half full, the opportunist mm-hmm. just drinks the glass." And I felt, (laughs) and I feel like I've always seen where there's opportunity and changed course because that's kind of the spice of life for me and screw stagnant. You're here doing big things and you've evolved so much in the last few years. So why don't you give us like the 2021 Dana Malsef elevator pitch? (laughs) Yeah. Well, part of the mission that became boss mom, it's been something I've cared about for a really long time. And everything we do and that I do is built around this is the notion that we all feel undervalued, underloved, and we question our worth and whether or not people care that we're around. Right. Right. And, and so we're surrounded by people that love us, our kids, our, maybe our spouses, our family, whatever it is. And we're all really bad at loving each other. Mm-hmm. Like it is a skill that we are not taught, mm-hmm. right? I actually think teaching people how to love each other and not not like I hug you and I love you. And, and that idea that as long as you love your kids, you're a great parent, right? And you're like, well, but what if we're really crappy at the skill of loving? And we are. We're crappy at showing people how they're loved in a way that they feel loved Mm because most of us love people the way we want to be loved. Right. Right. So there's all these things. So we have these amazing women with these amazing brains that wake up in the morning wondering what the heck am I doing? And does anybody give a crap because we've got to logistically manage everybody's lives and everybody loves us, but they're not showing us. And it's this terrible cycle that women go in and then we lose our identity when we have kids and we, we get married and all these things. And so you just have a bunch of lost women milling around trying to pretend that nothing's wrong. And I created a boss mom because I wanted us to all get together and go, you're not alone. <laughs> we, all, we all feel this way. And if we all looked at each other and hired each other and connected with each other and said, you're not alone, that you feel this way and these are the things happening in your life, that maybe we'd all realize that we are loved And then it's our job to teach each other and ourselves and our kids and the ones we love how we want to be loved. And, and so that's what, how boss mom is and all the tools we create and what I sell and make money on is still based around that idea. There's so much we do to help women identify what their skills are, how they're going to go online and not feel like they're just putting themselves out there and getting the people that love them, but will never buy from them and feeling connection with people, but nothing ever comes of it. Right. Cause it's people can go out and be on social media all the time and someone can tell you they love you. And then it hurts in your soul when they're like, but I don't have the time or money or space to find you valuable enough to pay you. (laughs) Or I, and I hear this from a lot of like female entrepreneurs or women who are trying to just grow their side hustles. And I've seen the post and I'm sure you have too, that like, 
support your friends. Like it's not that hard to like and share. You know, whenever I see any of my friends trying to build whatever it is that they're doing, it's it's not hard to just share it to my stories because I know that's going to benefit them. And what what really often happens, but I see in your community, and I'll get to that, the support is like blatant, like everyone's talking and hiring each other and call this one and do that. I get an abundance of love from strangers all over the world. And then like my closest friends are like, wait, what? You have a membership community? Like it's it doesn't translate because they don't need it. They're not my target market. So it's just interesting how you can find that connection from complete strangers who just know what it feels like to be starting fresh or starting new or trying to grow something. Yeah, I call it an appreciation loop. I think women need it. Mm -hmm. They need it. They need to. uh, So I say that everybody in any given week should talk to somebody that looks up to them, should talk to somebody in proximity to them, meaning we, you and I are in the same kind of playing field, the same level, and they should talk to somebody who's ahead of them, Mm -hmm. right? Because you should be reminded that what you're doing is valuable and important and, and somebody cares about it and looks up to you. You should be having conversation with somebody who lets you see the world in a different way that's even in the same space that you're in. And then you should talk to somebody that makes you want to aspire to be more. I love that. I think every week you should, and that's why having a podcast is great, right? So I have a membership that gives me the people looking up to me. I have my colleagues and a mastermind and connections that I make every week to make sure I'm talking to somebody that says, how can I look at this with fresh eyes? And then I get to have, get on podcasts with people where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to, I want your life. Tell me more about it. I'm, I'm the same. And I love it. I'm the same way. And I think I am fueled by the women who say, I want to have what you have, but then I'm looking always towards doing more. You know, for me, it was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be happy till I had a podcast. And then, then I was like, well, you know what? Everyone with the podcast is writing a book. I have to write a book too. And so, and I feel that and I appreciate it, but I'm wondering, cause you got divorced. I did. When did you get divorced? Two years ago? almost three, three and a half, three and a half. Do you feel you have a different hustle as a single mama? Oh, so this is a funny thing. So my ex-husband, actually, I I call him my former husband. (laughs) That guy. My former ex just sounds like I have a hit out on him or something. (laughs) (laughs) My, so my former husband, uh, is a commercial banker. So works a lot. Uh, not, not insane. Like we never saw him. He's an amazing dad, those kinds of things. But he, we always had a situation where like before he records, you said, if something happened with the kids, there just wasn't even a question. I'm the one that took care of it. Right. It was just the assumption like, Oh, the kids got called home sick. So you take care of it. So I remember when we got separated and people were like, oh my gosh, this has got to be so hard to you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I only have the kids half the time before I had them all the time. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that perspective. He's the one that's probably feeling the pain right now. Right. Because he didn't ever, because when someone got sick, now he's got to call his work and be like, I have a sick kid. Right. Well, and, you know, and, and, and you're I, like, welcome to the world I lived in as soon as I became a mom. <laughs> and I love that you're saying that because very often the DMs that I get that break my heart are, I think I'm just going to stay in this horrible marriage, this abusive marriage, this marriage full of infidelity, because I don't know if I could ever survive the time without my kids. And I'm like, Hmm. I remember feeling like that at one point too. And now when you're on the other side and this, you know, what you said about talking to people who are 
below you, where you are and above you, this is where you get inspired to move on because people are like, you seem so fulfilled, even though you only have your daughter half the time. And I'm like, yes, it's a matter of getting there. It's a matter of hearing the stories of it can kind of be nice to have that time to yourself to get a manicure or take a nap or actually friggin' read a book for once. Whereas the men have to step up in a way they hadn't had to step up before. And yeah. I think I think well, that's common. Let, let me tell you, so my mom uh, married my dad when they were young. He was her Morris co-teacher in the army. And he asked her to marry her, marry him. And she t- had told me later that she said yes, because she was worried no one else would ever ask her. My mom was lovely, 18. Like, it's just a silly notion for you to even think that. Right. But that's what she had in her mind. And and thank goodness, because I'm glad my brother and I exist. Right. And I believe that was purposeful, but not happy marriage. Right. And my dad eventually cheated on her and left her when I was five. He informed me, by the way, because my brother and I are six years apart, that he didn't want a second child. But my mom nagged him enough that she just had me to shut her up. Oh, God. So, And my dad's not a bad guy. He passed away a couple years ago. But not a one of those people, like I said, that doesn't know how to love people. <laughs> right. Right. He loves you in his own way. And it's sad and depressing the way he loves you. So so my mom was, uh, you know, went out her and I, she was a single mom. And I remember us living in L.A. and she used to work the night shift as a nurse in the uh, pediatric oncology. So with cancer, kids with cancer. Wow. And I would sleep at the hospital. So they had all the kids where the parent worked and there was nowhere else to go. And I slept on a cot in this, and I loved it, right? And when I'd get up in the morning, I would go play upstairs with the kids who had cancer. So I would watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and we would race down while they're holding, you know, their, the, cause they have, they all have to have- oh, um, holding the pick, yeah. Yeah, pick lines, yeah. So they're holding, uh, you know, and we're running down the hall. So I have all these memories of being in a children's hospital <laughs> with, with sick kids, which by the way, were the happiest people I ever met. Right. These kids were super sick and in pain a lot of the time, and they were still full of so much joy, right? And that's a, I think that was a good lesson for me to learn. But my mom eventually met my stepdad, who is, um, they were high school sweethearts and re-met wow. at a wedding years later. And they are now this year celebrating their 30th one-year anniversary. And my stepdad is one of the most important people in my entire life. And he brings out in my mom, one of the reasons he's so important is because he brings out in my mom this playfulness and this joy because he allows her to be exactly who she is, right? And so anybody who's in a marriage or a relationship where you feel like I should stay because somebody else is going to be happier, the kids are going to be happier for together, right? If you want good kids that grow up to be good adults, I feel like I turned out okay, right? I would say then, yes. Then you want your kids to see that somebody loves you and it brings out in you the best version of you. You know, my mom does the robot in the middle of the street, right? She's playful and she's loving. If you are not in a relationship where you feel free enough to be playful, then it is not a good relationship. And your kids need to see you being playful and free 
And if they can't see that, then you're going to have kids that grow up that can't be playful and free. I love that you're and saying And that's a this. jail sentence. No, it is. It is. And it, it just, it reminds me of like when my daughter and stepdaughter are like watching my husband and I interact and they're like, you guys are so weird. And we're like, we're so grateful to be each other's perfect kind of weird and, and have that playfulness. Mm-hmm. And I always think about how my daughter never would have seen that. She would have witnessed tension and and anxiety and people walking on eggshells. And it, it wouldn't have been the same example for her. But I too can relate because I'm a child of divorce. And my mom didn't become her best self until she married my stepdad, who is the most important man in my daughter's life. Like without her papa, she ain't having it. Like this is like mm-hmm. I... My biological father never would have been the father, the the grandfather for my daughter that my stepdad is. And mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful thing and, and how life comes full circle if you trust the process. Yeah. And I think something that we all, let me, okay, let me see how I want to phrase this. I love the idea of finding love, finding companionship, having somebody getting remarried, doing those things, or having somebody you have that brings out the best version of yourself, right? So I'm never a proponent of saying, I'm a single mom, so now I'm always going to be a single mom because I don't need anybody else. I think we're community-based people. We need each other. And I want to have somebody who brings out the best version mm-hmm. of myself, right? I think this this antiquated notion, though, that it always works out the way it's supposed to, and I made this one choice, and therefore I have to you know, I made my bed, I have to lie in it. That I don't necessarily believe, right? I believe we all have the children we have for a reason, but I think we should look at our relationships as like they say, love isn't looking at each other. It's looking in the same direction Mm -hmm. and you can't force somebody else to grow with you. You can't force somebody else to keep looking in the same direction. And sometimes people grow apart or sometimes things happen and things don't work anymore. So if you've tried as much as you can to be in love with this person and and find a space where you both can be the best versions of yourself and it's not working, then recognize that life is that river and it's fluid and you can still create a really amazing life and you owe it to yourself, your kids and your sp- the the partner you currently have that you may be separating with to seek that love for yourself, for your, you know, the next companion you're going to have, because I want my ex-husband to find, I want my kids to watch him fall in love. Right Now it took two years for me to be able to say that out loud. Right. <laughs> without I'm with wanting you there. to cry. <laughs> but, but now I'm excited for that. My biggest fear is he picks somebody I don't like and then, or he doesn't want to parent the way. But, but I also look, have a stepdad that makes me see other people as opportunities. And, 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 and I, I go and over I want this. them to see that love. I go over this all the time in my coaching sessions with women who are just up in arms about the other woman, you know, being there, just existing. And I'm like, okay, well, let's take a step back. Are your children upset around her? No. Do they come home complaining? No. So they're happy. They don't have any issues being around her. No. Then count your lucky stars. It's another person to love your children. And, and, and frankly, a woman's touch in a single dad's house is a great thing, in my opinion, as long as it's, you know, nice and calm and, and healthy. And, and also think that I think we look at people and we go, wow, they have to all encompass all the things. 
and they're going to replace me as a mom and they're going to do all these things. We have these fears, right? But when someone goes to, in an entrepreneur space, if someone goes to an event, right? I, I tell them, don't exhaust yourself by trying to do and participate in everything. All you need is one aha moment to make that entire event worth it, right? So when I think of my stepmom, my dad was with the woman he left my mom for, for 14 years. And I didn't have much of a relationship with her. She wasn't mean, but she wasn't nice. She just mainly just didn't care. Right. (laughs) My existence. (laughs) However, she was an avid reader. And my dad never picked up a book in his entire life. Right. And so when I'd go for weeks in the summer and visit them, she would for hours sit on the couch and read. She's the reason I picked up reading because my mom was a nurse and worked these long hour shifts and I, she would read, but I was never awake to see it. But my stepmom read all the time. And so I would pick up a book and while she'd be sitting there, cause she had no urge to talk to me, I would pick up a book and I would read while she would read. And so I read because my stepmom ignored me. That's a gift. Right. <laughs> Well, you, you know, you were making lemonade out of lemons there. And I love that. That's, that's well, and I saw somebody enjoying reading where I think one of the things that's taught me as a parent is I think a lot of times we do things with our kids so that we can, when they go to bed or take a nap, do the, our adult things that we don't want them to see. And it's made me realize I need to read in front of my kids. I need to work out in front of my kids. I need to ba- do my budgeting in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. I need to do all the things that my kids, when they're adults, are going to want to do or understand about. I need to do those things in front of my kids now. And even though I didn't have a great relationship with my stepmom, she taught me something really important. And even in her ignoring me, she taught me something really important. And I think we can all recognize that all the people in our lives, whether they're our exes or the people they're with or anything else, that there is something we can take away from every relationship we have. And it is, like you said, our choice, whether or not to look at it as if they are doing something to us or it's some affront to us or our identity, or whether it's an opportunity to either teach our kids a lessons about how we don't want somebody to be, or, you know, see how they can teach our kids some lesson that maybe we weren't going to teach them. Well, and, and see, this is where I that's think- a choice. Yes, it's a choice. And I think this is where an emotionally evolved woman like you or I sees the power in this type of life of having to adapt and and be resilient because those are skills that kids and families that don't experience divorce and blending and all of these things really don't get. So I know as difficult as my own childhood was, I, I brought this resilience and adaptability into adulthood, which if we're going to come full circle and talk about being in transition career-wise, like I can change on the drop of a hat. Like I'm used to having to live two separate lives with two separate families. And I love that about myself. Whereas once I thought it was a curse because I came from a broken home. Now I see the strength in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those are terminology that we should all really seek to change. Retire. right? Like what is a broken name, a broken home mean? Right. Right. Like what is, what is that? That's a term. It's just sucky. <laughs> like, like who wants to have broken as part of their identity? You know, yeah. I like to think that we're all part, of, like we have big, my, my, actually, let me put it this way. The other day, my son said, so if I had another mom, 
Would that mean I'd get more presents? <laughs> that's the, yes, that's the beauty And I was it. like, it probably would. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a good way to look at more people that care about you in your life. <laughs> more presents. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that's, you've got to love the kids in there. You know, my, I'm remarried. My ex-husband is not. And so she'll very often say like, do you think daddy's going to get married one day? And I'm like, hopefully, like, hopefully he finds somebody who makes him really happy. And she's like, do you think she's going to try and brush my hair? Because my daughter has curly hair and hates when anybody brushes her hair. And I'm like, (laughs) hopefully she comes in and tries to brush your hair because my ex is like terrified to brush Bella's hair. And these are the things she thinks about. It's so innocent and cute. But yeah, it would be a blessing for our kids to see their fathers being loved. And now I will say, so if anybody's in this particular kind of situation, so I have been seeing somebody um, for several years, actually. And he's not met my kids yet. Um, There is no integration. um, And that's a true, and I'm very private. So I don't, social media doesn't know he exists. (laughs) Like I have not shared him with, you know, other people that are not in my general, like close circle. Um, And, and that's a choice I have. So my mom and my dad, got divorced when I was five, my brother was 10 and it, I think was hard on him for 20, 30 years for him to really reconcile and understand. It was very abrupt. He didn't, he didn't like it. He blamed my dad for a while. Then he blamed my mom for a while, all those things. And that really hit me as far as the introduction of somebody into our lives. So my kids being the age they are, I just formed this opinion, whether that's right or wrong, that said, I just, I want my ex-husband to be, he's a good guy with a good dad. Whether we, I just tell people, we just didn't like touching each other. (laughs) Um, And I want that relationship to be so solid before I introduce somebody else. And to be perfectly honest, I'm just in no urge or hurry to like pick out curtains with somebody or manage finances together. That makes sense. Yeah. So we've been together for years. He's met my parents. I've met his family, like all of those things, you know, he knows, he sees, he knows all the things about my kids, but there's been no introduction. He doesn't come over for holidays. He doesn't do any of those things. Uh, And, and, and basically I've said until my daughter's eight and that's, and then if him and I still want to hang out, um, we can talk about a kind of integration and what that would look like. And it's so funny because a lot, I've had people tell me that's crazy. You must just have fears or limiting beliefs. And then I've had women tell me I'm brave, you know, so it just depends on who you're it depends who talking you ask. to. It's all a matter of perspective. And you said, you don't know if doing this is right or wrong. I don't think there is a right or wrong for this. Like, mm-hmm. When it feels right for you to make that well, I was gonna say it's right for me. Right. So it so feels then good it's right. for me. I like the space I'm in. Um, and I and I tell the person that I'm with, just I reserve the right to change my mind about what I want. Yeah, you do. Um, but he's very respectful of that. Um, you know, and he doesn't want want new kids. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want babies, which is very important to me. I don't want any more babies. I'm with you there. <laughs> any of those things. Yeah. And I just, so if that gives anybody else permission to do whatever works for you, you want to, you meet somebody and you want to integrate them with your family right away. And that feels good for you. Do what feels good for you. Yeah. 
for me, you know, for me, I don't want anybody integrated at all. And I want our, my, my, me and my kids and the husband, all those things to be so nicely established as my kids are in this very young, vulnerable age. Um, and that feels good for me. And I don't need the other person to be here in my family home. Do that too. Like whatever you feel. And then if you hang around with people who tell you you're crazy and don't like your choices, get new friends. Well, I, uh, that was one of the first <laughs> things I wrote about in my book was you really, you're going to see friendships through a different lens when you start doing what's right for you. When you leave a marriage, when you start dating, when you're co-parenting and the people who haven't walked in your shoes or aren't living your life are going to give you advice that is meaningless. And while it may be well-intentioned, if it doesn't mm-hmm. apply to your life, like what good is it? It's just words. And I think people get so hung up on the stigma, right? Like, oh, what are my friends going to think? Am I still going to be part of this like social circle or Saturday night dates or whatever it was? And, and people really weigh on their friends so much for opinions during this time, which is why I'm, I love to do what I do so that I can help, you know, women see the other side of things without the peanut gallery, giving them unwarranted advice. And, and also that you do what you do, because if we're going to take it to business and entrepreneurship, nobody can understand other than you and your laptop and everything you're trying to build. And people will give advice that can shift you off course. So I think good for you for doing what you're doing and feeling good about it. Oh, I thank you. Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at Soberlink.com and mentioning Moms Moving On. Drive safe. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask, have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. When I was married and unhappy, <laughs> right? I had a ton of friends. How were married, by the way? Uh, I was married for seven. We were together for 10. Okay. So I, 
I would go, I, I got all the things I needed in a relationship from other people. So I had a ton of friends, you know, I would go to events. I had friends that were, didn't have kids and we'd all go out and we'd do these things, right? Well, when I became single, I, all of a sudden it's me and the kids. There is no babysitter. There is no here, you watch them and I'll go out because we don't like hanging out together anyway. You know, and then when I met somebody and I don't integrate the two sides. So when I'm not with my kids, I want to be with that person. All of my single friends or people that would be at events or things like that, that I just didn't go to as much anymore. They would, they all got angry. Like, you know, I had abandoned them and I was like, well, well, I want to hang out with my kids and I want to hang out with this other person. And I just don't need everybody. I don't need 20 people to fulfill something in my life anymore. I have my close knit friends and I'm happy. Like the person that I'm with, my, my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. And I was literally married to somebody who could not compliment me. He would tell other people I was great. He could, I told him, Google it, dude, just Google complimenting your wife. (laughs) Like all I want is for me to be making lunch for the kids and for you to come behind me and grab my butt and kiss me on the neck and tell me I'm just as sexy making lunch, you know, or whatever. Something, it seems in my mind so simple. He could not do it. And then his love language was acts of service. I don't want to clean anything. Right. I want to have a business where somebody else does all of those things. I literally had kids so I could train my daughter to clean, which I did. And she does. Brilliant. I'm not surprised. So, but now I'm with somebody where touching me because physical touch is his thing that he'll be reading a book and he wants his hand on my leg. I'm there with you, girl. I and we're not talking, we're other. not doing anything. Yeah, it's not like he needs to have sex with me all the time. It's this it's this intimacy that hits at, like, I tell him how spoiled I feel. And he's like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, that's when you're doing it right. Right, I'm in the same boat. And you I know? came from the same thing where it really just came down to love languages. We couldn't speak each other's languages. and And then I felt guilty or bad for asking him to speak my language. And then Mm -hmm. he would make me feel bad for needing what I needed. And it just like went in this circle. And I think that is essentially what happens to so many women. You know, when we're in our twenties, we're like, oh my God, got to find a husband, got to get married. He's nice. He's good on paper. We're not realizing the language thing and how important that piece is. And I think that that's why we're in an age now where our generation of mothers, women are finding this courage and this bravery to say, you know what? I need that hand on my leg when I'm reading a book. I deserve that, if nothing more in this life. And I I think we're, we're a whole movement, Dana. Yeah, I think so too. And when we separated, because in my mind, I just wanted him to fight for me because I felt so unneeded Mm -hmm. or necessary. Right. And I remember him telling me, and again, it's taken me, several years of having a coach to help me like work through all the things. So even with the best of divorces, find somebody to talk to. But he told me being married to you is exhausted. And I literally formed that into my identity for several years. Like I'm an exhausting person. I felt, And even just to say that without tearing up is a huge win for me, by the way, ladies. So if you're feeling like I... 
you you say something that that your spouse or your ex says to you and it wells up into tears just the idea of it you know i just thought then i'm an exhausting person i'm just the kind of person that exhausts people right like it's crazy how that one phrase burns into your soul but the fact is is i was exhausting and not because i'm a bad person or he's a bad person but because our love languages were so off and we didn't know how to love each other in such a deep way that it was exhausting being together. Now the person that I'm with, it's very easy. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way at all. He would never say that to me, right? And I don't say that so that you go out and find somebody right away, right? But I do say that because whatever you think was wrong in the relationship that you're in or in, in the past, that that's usually because you guys are bumping into each other in a way that you can't resolve. But when you find somebody, whether that's a friend or a colleague or a partner that is easy to love, then those things that felt like a total insult to your soul, right? They aren't relevant anymore because it's not a part of your identity. It's not. You know, it's it's wild how just one little shift can change that about you. My ex, actually, we were talking at soccer practice yesterday, and we're in a pretty amicable place now. And he was like, he's been spending time around me and my husband and our family just because my daughter's like this little soccer star, and we're all always at her games. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're such a different person. I wonder if your husband knows who you are at all. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, you are not this person with me. I said, you're right. I wasn't this person with you. I was broken. I was looking for you to fix me. I was going crazy because you weren't giving me what I needed. I was a basket case because I was so unfulfilled and didn't know it. I was not the same person. And and I don't think that he's able to see it on that level yet because in his mind, I was right for him. But I keep reminding him like, we were explosive. We were not good for each other. We loved each other. And I still love the guy. I mean, I have, you know... I love how he how he's a dad and how much he loves our daughter. But my God, if it took if it didn't take stepping away to realize that I wasn't hard to love, I was told too I was I was exhausting and I was a full time job and I was hard to love and all of these things. It was because it was hard for him to love me the way I needed and it had nothing to do with me. And I think that's a really important message to anybody who's in a place where they feel it's them, it's not. Yeah, and and for year and a half after I separated, I had a coach who helped me be alone. And I highly recommend that. If you cannot be your own best friend and you don't like hanging around with yourself, then work on that first. Right. Right. Because I'm an extrovert. So I'd go, oh, well, I'll go do happy hour or I'll go hang out with my friend and we'll just you know, I'll just ignore <laughs> all the things. And I had to rediscover, like, what are the things I like to do? And if I was by myself for a whole weekend without kids, what would I do? Because your kids are an excuse to not know yourself. Right. A hundred percent. And and when they're, and that's part of what's good about having to hand your kids over to somebody and having a couple days where you're by yourself because you have to go, what the heck do I want? Mm-hmm. What, what, Who what am would I, I outside want? of all yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. What do I care about? And, and, I, and I highly recommend that if you are going to go out and get back into a dating kind of space, that you are writing a huge, long bucket list of the kind of relationship 
and the person that you want in your life that's at least 25 items long. And I want you to get specific, mm-hmm. right? So like, so for me, I was like, I don't want to date somebody who likes golf because if they're gone all weekend and we can't cuddle in bed in the morning, then I'm going to feel unloved, right? Right. I want someone who reads because I read and I don't want to feel like I'm ignoring, like my husband used to think I would ignore him because he didn't read. And he'd be like, well, let's watch a show. And it's like, well, I want to read, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, okay, so those clash. So just get super specific about what you want. And whether you're actively looking for somebody or not, it starts to make you think, what kind of life do I want to live? So like the person I'm with right now, I have these two weeks of massive hustle in my business to finish out some projects so we can start some scaling components. And the person I'm with knows that. And so he said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do then. And we're going to, you know, have these certain times and you'll work and I'm going to do this. And we're doing, and he's really facilitating, giving me this space to hustle. He messaged me last night and was like, don't you dare go to sleep. Make sure everything's checked off your list. (laughs) That's awesome. You can do this. You're going to, you're going to regret it if you let yourself fall asleep. Right. And my operations director, who is also a single mom, she was like, I'm putting that on my bucket list. I want someone that when I have to hustle or I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to do something, they don't sabotage it. They support it. Yes. it's. And I was like, good, put that on your list. Because I was so like my, my best friend who's in a relationship that she's divorced. And then now she's a single mom um, in a second relationship. And she would go have lunch with me and we owned our businesses and he didn't. And he'd be like, oh, you had lunch. Like, must be nice. Right. You know, shouldn't right. you contribute more money to that? Like, he just made her feel horrible about everything she did in her life. No, if you're not supported emotionally, physically, or with your business, like, get the fuck out because it's never going to teach grow. your kids to do that. Yeah, I Teach agree. your kids to support you in that way. Like, there are times when I work and there are times when I don't. And I'm very clear with my kids. Like, hey, on Saturday mornings, I'm not beholden to you. You're my little adorable people. And before 11 a.m., I get to do whatever I want and you get to do whatever you want. But we don't aren't going to do things together. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to read and drink coffee or if I want to sit and work or do the things, then that's what I'm going to do. And at 11, I will drop whatever we're doing and we will spend the rest of the day together. But even if we're, I have my kids, that's my space and time. And if I choose to do something with them, then that's, they know that that's a choice. If I have something where I'm like, Hey, Hey, this next week, I've got to hustle because it's a really important part in my business. I want them to understand and support me. And I'll ask them like, how could you support me? Make sure I get all my work done because the work I do pays for our rent and helps you do karate and do all those things. And then all of a sudden they're a part of it. And Joe will be like, well, what if I make lunches you know, for us this week to help you. In the, and I'll be great. And Jake's like, I'll make sure I brush my teeth without you asking. And I'm like, okay, great. That's amazing. We, we have a talk about it. Like it's a team because I want my kids to also fulfill my bucket list of the kind of life I want to lead. And that's a choice. And now that it's just me and them for half the time, I have complete control. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> over what that looks like. And I think everybody should take more of that control. Like you are a mom. And, and it's important that you have that role, but you're, your kids and you are a team yep, 100%. and they will totally rise to the occasion. If you tell them the way you're treating me right now makes me feel unloved or you're demanding all these things from me. And, and it's, 
making life really hard for me. Like, let your kids see you cry. Let, let them help be a team. And I think that's also another thing of like, we just need to stop sacrificing ourselves for everybody else. I think that is probably the, the best piece of advice that you can give to a mom who is going through this time in her life where she's wondering how she's going to do it all and manage the children. Like make your kids a part of your life in a way that they realize that they have a responsibility also. That's really important to me as well. They're not responsible for your feelings, but they are responsible to pull their weight in empathy and understanding that life is more than just them. I think that's a great place to end off, Dana. This was a really full conversation. I love it. I'm so glad you were able to join me. Um, Cross that off my bucket list. Where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about you and the Boss Mom community? Yeah, the easiest place is to go to boss-mom.com. Uh, and it'll take you to our Facebook group. It'll take you to our podcast. We now have a YouTube channel called The Nurture to Convert Show. Tell you about our membership and our resources and all the awesome funness. She's the full package, people. Go check her out. And if you haven't checked out our membership community, you need to go do that too. We've got so many fun things coming down the pipeline and the events and all of the perks of being a part of us and our Facebook group. You would love that so much. Check it out and don't forget to listen to us next time and stay strong. Thanks for being here. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R, FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.